If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, Three, two, This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 and War Chant TV. Real talk and War Chant TV. That's where we are today and away we go. It'll be a busy one. I'm Jeff and I don't have as much energy for the uh, normal intro to the show. I want to get straight to it. So we will do exactly that. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. And it's good to be with you as always. And um, I feel I feel your pain, guys. I feel your pain. And again, I, I just I could tell right from the get go when I said good afternoon that I wasn't about the normal pleasantries as we begin things here. Let's get straight to it. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, I, I think the first thing to mention uh, the very first thing to mention is uh, how uh, much I empathize and how much I feel for uh, these football players, these players and these coaches who uh, were royally uh, screwed by uh, a, a lot of things, uh, most most of which many of you can figure out, which I'll get into in detail. Uh, but I wanted to acknowledge, as we began the show today, they're incredibly um, – uh, I, I guess enriching and 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 really heartwarming season uh, to to watch and to cover and to discuss. 
uh, and to take in. It was uh, what you ask for from your student athletes. It's almost uh, idyllic, right? You have a situation where kids are asked to take a leap of faith when Mike Norvell gets here, and they're on the wrong end of a series of calamities and catastrophic mistakes from adults that run the program, right? And so they're not willing necessarily to trust yet again. Some are cast off. Some are guys that were betrayed by uh, the adults in the room. And yet they believe and they go ahead and they stick around and they fight and they work every day to get better, to pull us out of this godforsaken hellhole of irrelevance. And slowly we watch the pieces come together because of that sacrifice. And watching a glimpse of what could be just a year ago got us all excited about what was possible this year because of their sacrifices, their dedication, their belief in their coaches and in themselves, and most importantly, in each other. And then this happens. They find a way to go undefeated. They do everything that has ever been asked of them, and they do it in the face of overwhelming adversity. One injury after the next to key starters all on one side of the ball over and over and over again, up against it. But they win because football is the ultimate team game. It's not one player. There are teams who find ways to lean heavy on other segments that they never anticipated having to lean heavy on because it wasn't that grouping that was thought to lead the way. It was the one that had to respond when the segment group projected to be the catalyst for success suffers an injury and then another injury and then another injury. But through that dedication and hard work and commitment to each other and the willingness to fight and sacrifice, you find ways to win games. And this team won all of them, every last one of them, which saw us arrive, of course, in a place in Charlotte in which you were playing for a conference championship, presumably one more time to win a football game to punch your ticket into the college football playoff because rightfully you were assured and had been by history by precedent, that you would win this game and you would find yourself in said college football playoff. But alas, didn't happen. It's not a playoff, it's an invitational. If you ever doubted that, you have an overwhelming set of circumstances and proofs before you. We arrived at this place after three weeks of grandstanding, three weeks of politicking by the SEC and those that carry water for the SEC. The commissioner, Greg Sankey, and those who service him were all open about their intentions. That includes some talking heads at ESPN and elsewhere. And so there is a lot to unpack here, but I want to start with the recognition that when a team, in this case, your team, my team, when a team is denied an opportunity by a committee or anybody else, To fulfill a goal, a dream, one that every athlete who's ever played the game, every coach who's ever coached the game, aspires to achieve from the first time they ever lace them up. Well, what happens when that is denied? When access to achieving a lifelong dream is denied? 
it feels a little unfair. That's putting it mildly. But it causes outright hostility. You see that today, right? There's real hostility in the air today. There's a sense that what was done yesterday was iniquitous, without question. For the last 12 years, while being tasked with putting, quote, in the best four, the committee has routinely chosen chosen instead teams that were the most deserving. Hell, they just did it last year. They just did it last year with TCU. TCU was an underdog in their own conference championship game last year to a Kansas State team that entered said game with three losses. <laughs> so, you're one of the best four teams in the country, and you're an underdog to a three-loss team in your own conference? Oh, by the way, they lost the game. They lost the game to Kansas State and proceeded to get seated higher than Ohio State, who was quite obviously better than TCU. They're not following some sort of the best guideline and we're going to put them in that order. No, they're not doing that. They proved it again just a year ago. Get the hell out of here with that. It's about the best teams. No, it hasn't been. It's been about the most deserving teams, always has. Nobody thought 2021 Cincinnati was worth a damn. Nobody thought that team was a best four team in the country. They weren't, but they were deserving. They went 13-0, 8-0 in their conference. They had an out-of-conference win against Notre Dame, and so the committee said, you know what, they deserve to be in. I mean, what else can they do? They did everything they could. You know and I know they're going to get the hell beat out of them, but they deserve to be in, so we're going to let them in. There are nine other teams, minimum, that are better than Cincinnati, and we know this, but they deserve to get in. They did everything that was asked of them. We're kind of stuck. It's an imperfect system. Uh Uh-oh. Well, let's just put them in and let them play Alabama and see what happens. Well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to get the hell kicked out of them. And they did. And they did. Michigan State, 2015. Who are we kidding? The whole world knew Michigan State was not one of the best four teams in college football, but they went 11-1, and 7-1 in their conference. But this is a Michigan State team that lost to Nebraska, that won by three over Purdue, that beat Iowa 16-13. Hey, man, Power 5 conference champion. They went 11-1. and one. We, got, we got to put them in. They earned it. They found a way. They won on a miracle against Michigan. They're in. We got to put them in. What are you going to do? You know what I know what's going to happen. If we project ahead, which the committee is clearly doing now, if we project ahead, I got to tell you, I think Alabama will kill them. They did, 38 to nothing, and we all knew it was going to happen. But guess what? They put them in anyhow because it's not your job to guess at what the score might be or who's the more entertaining game. You take the teams that are the most deserving. I mean, we could go on. I've got a ton of these. We can go back through all of this, how many times they've done it. And they have subsequently always chosen the most deserving team. Now, this show is going to meander today. There are a lot, as I said at the outset, of things to unpack. So, when you, you can look at any number of things, but I think, first and foremost, if you needed any further evidence, and you did not, But if you needed any further evidence that Florida State and anybody else who cares to play big boy football and reap the financial benefits of it, if you are that program, this university, you have 
got to find a way as soon as humanly possible to get the hell up out of here. Because guess what? You feel empty today. I feel empty today. It felt a little bit like the integrity of a sport that we're passionate about was compromised in a way we never thought possible. And that leaves you feeling empty and enraged and sad. And those are all fair and valid feelings to have today. But guess what? They're not going to stop playing college football. Florida State's all in on college football. It is the economic force that drives the entire athletic department. So you can't wallow in self-pity today. You got screwed. Absolutely. At least it's out in the open. You know, you always thought behind the curtains there might be some tugging and pulling and all that good stuff. Phrasing, Jeff. Well, now it's just out there in the open. It's almost like racism. I'd rather the guy just let me know exactly who he is rather than feign being a man of character and righteous all the while holding hostile feelings born out of fear. I'd like to know, get as many of them out in the open as possible so I can identify them and walk the other way and know exactly what they are. Well, now that you know that corporate, corporate interests are being served here to the highest level, well, hey, we know what, what the game is. Now I know what the game is. And it ain't played here. The ACC has watched its commissioner, Jim Phillips, hoodwinked time and again. Go back to the asinine alliance with Warren and the Big Ten. They were buying time. They were buying time to put together the ultimate coup. They were not aligned with you, but you fell for it. You fell for it because you believe somebody other than yourself cared about what was right and what was good for college football. But the SEC was never a wolf in sheep's clothing. Either was the Big Ten. They were the wolves. They walked through the door as wolves, not sheep. They unabashedly fought for their conference. And guess what? You may not like Greg Sankey. I may not like Greg Sankey. But I know what he is. And I know who he works for. And I know what his intentions are. You chose to ignore that evidence. Walk blindly through the maze, hoping that somebody would come to your aid. How could you do that? That is a dereliction of duty. Three weeks ago, when you began to hear the talking heads begin to hint of any possibility that an undefeated Power 5 conference champion with two wins over the SEC in a year in which the ACC has a winning record over the SEC would be left out of the playoff in favor of a one-loss team, maybe multiple one-loss teams. The second you caught wind of the narrative being born, tossed into the ether, it's out there. As we say on the show over the years, kings are killed, Mr. Garrison. You know what they're about to do. And you sit blindly, idly? How are you not on every show in America refuting the ignorance, refuting the storyline, positing overwhelming statistical evidence that is simply a false narrative because you're weak? And for the last time, we suffer the consequences of you being puny, impotent to do anything to help the cause of the conference that you work for. We can talk about exactly why it happened or how it happened and who's most responsible, but at the end of the day, the television networks are going to do what the television networks are going to do. This is Fox and ESPN in an all-out war. 
you got to go. You got to go. You may want to be in the SEC, and I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about Florida State. You may want to go to the SEC, and you may have wanted to use the Big Ten's offer to Florida State as leverage to get into the SEC. You have no more options. You have no more time. You have to leave yesterday. They just told you, resoundingly so, you don't matter. So long as you're in this conference, you don't matter. You can beat LSU. You can go to the swamp and beat Florida on the road with a backup quarterback. You can win every single one of your games. You can be 13-0 and and a blue blood, which Florida State as a brand and as a college football entity is. And they are going to, by definition, they just told you, they are going to make sure that the SEC and in the future, the Big Ten are represented. They have a financial stake in the game. If they can find a way, they're going to find a way. They started the narrative before Jordan Travis went down. You can bet they were hoping against hope at that time that they could make it stick. But when Jordan Travis broke his leg, like a Cheshire cat, they sat back and went, we got it. We've never used it before. We've never used it before, but it's in our bylaws. We are going to F them thoroughly because now we're going to cite the injury. Guys, it's right here. It's written down. We can cite it. We can do it. We can make it up as we go along, and we can be sure that we get our SEC gods in this thing. Trust me. We've got it. It's over. Just keep telling the talking heads to say it over and over and over again. Any chance they get, feed the narrative that Florida State doesn't belong because their quarterback got hurt. That's all we got to do. Say it. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Paul, make sure you lead with it every show. Got you guys. Man, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And they did it. But it's out in the open now. And they could do it because they knew there would be no reciprocity. What could happen? The, the thing changes next year to 12 teams. It'll never be forgiven, but it'll be forgotten by the vast majority of college football fans. You won't forget. I won't forget. None of us who got royal bent over, the kids who played this season, who sacrificed, the coaches who put that team on the field every week prepared to win a football game, they'll never forget. But largely speaking, the rest of the college football world will, and they'll consume the product knowing that it's corrupt. To a level beyond what we knew to be reasonably so. We've talked about before how corrupt college athletics is. That's not new, but the analogy that I've always used is, okay, you're going 80 and a 70. They're going 160 and a 70 and nobody cares. And you can't catch them. You can't, you can't reverse course. You can't make it go away. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. It just happened. So Florida sits here today stinging, hurting. No, nobody wants to play that Orange Bowl. I agree with Tom Wang. We're not going to exactly bleed for the Orange Bowl committee who recognizes now that they've got a bowl game that on paper looks great, but nobody's going and nobody's playing. Half of Florida State's roster is going to opt out of that game, and you can be sure Brock Bowers and the other stars of Georgia aren't going to play in that football game. And what fan is going to go down to that football game after what just happened here? Good luck with that, man. Good luck with that. It's a sham. And it's a shame. It's devastating. Now you galvanize and you find a way to leave. And it probably won't be pretty. 
you're probably going to get sued, but you got to go. You got to go. You got to go in an hour. You got to go. Tom and I will lay out what we think has to happen in terms of infrastructure, money, and process as far as trying to leave, trying to get out of here, trying to ensure that you can protect Florida State University Athletics. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchan TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. And by the way, there is the matter of the game itself for Florida State. Another game, another win, and a conference championship to go along with it. 13-0. and And one in which the defense not just led the way, but dominated. Dominated in the fashion they were going to have to do. It was pretty evident early on. Brock Glenn's head was spinning. Game was too fast, and he was not ready to play. It's not the end of the world that a true freshman making his first ever career start in a college football game would be a little overwhelmed, especially one that had missed upwards of six weeks of practice due to an injury that he suffered in the first week of the season and or the second week of the season, whatever it was. Um, so I, I guess I can't say that I was stunned that he looked that lost, but I was Frustrated, as most of you were, but clearly, clearly, Florida State knew they were going to have to lean on their defense, and that message was properly relayed to said defense, which has been trending in the right direction for weeks now and found another level, in particular, the front four. Nobody's done that to Louisville this year. That was dominance that you've seldom seen. Like, the game doesn't allow for that to happen too often with the way the rules are in uh, place for the offenses. So, especially at the college game where it's so difficult because of the 
run pass option and, and, and zone reads and the things that you can do off of it where linemen go farther downfield than they do in the NFL and, and, and defensive players can't read their cues as well. This is the thing that Saban used to complain about, and I think rightfully so. They've never adjusted that rule. But my point would be it's hard to dominate on defense in the modern game, especially of college football. And Florida State just did in a way that was um, uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable if you're Louisville to watch your offensive linemen be manhandled as if they were children. It was inspiring. You know, that's the the hard part. There's so many things to parse through both short-term and long-term right now. But we're about, what, 38 hours from the conclusion of that football game? Maybe a little bit more than that? Mm. You think about how much has happened between that point and where we are right now. And the temptation is to totally forget or not elevate what we saw from this defense on Saturday night, which is one of the greatest performances in this program's history in terms of a defensive 60-minute performance. It's one of the greats in a program that's got them by the dozens. They've got a lot of these. But in this era of college football, when you had to have it in the way that they needed it to turn in that effort, man, I mean, we were together on the postgame show. You were mm-hmm. in the box yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah, I was having a good time. Everybody was over the moon about what this defense did. It was a continuation of that fourth quarter message that we sent in the swamp in which they gained no yards. They lost yards that quarter. They did it for four more quarters. In 38 possessions, Corey had this stat yesterday, in 38 possessions, this defense has yielded one touchdown. That one touchdown was on the heels of a ridiculous roughing the passer call. Right, right. This defense has been unbelievable. And that's the hard part here about what we saw yesterday. Was they believe that they put the four best teams, or that's their excuse for caving to corporate lobbyism, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you can't argue for sure that an Alabama team that is capable of needing a 4th and 31 miracle over 6-5 and Auburn, or that beats Arkansas by 3 or USF by 14, is better than Florida State. They've already lost the game. You don't know that they're better than well, Florida State. Well, they didn't look better when they beat LSU in the way that we beat LSU, which is a much more dominating performance but, from Florida State. And they didn't look better when they needed a miracle over a terrible Auburn team that got boat raced by New Mexico State the week before. They didn't really prove that they looked better when they won uh, in a war against USF out of conference earlier in the season. Sure. Backup quarterback or not, you can't prove that. What you can prove is they lost and we didn't. That's what you can prove. So I don't care if you want to argue it's about best team or most deserving team. Florida State is both the best and the most deserving over Alabama because Florida State would not beat USF 17-3. to I can promise you that. That would not be on our resume, and they didn't lose. That also is not on our resume. Didn't no, happen. No, there's no losses on the resume and the two wins. Over, you know, listen, in some ways the SEC schools let you down. You know, if, if Florida didn't suck all to hell, that win would have accounted for more. And obviously, if LSU didn't go on to stumble as they did, that win would have accounted for more. And that's back-to-back years that Florida State has beaten LSU, of course. And the ACC had a winning record against the SEC this year. There are any number of examples that we can cite for this season. This isn't the year uh, to ride and die with the SEC. It wasn't a good year for the league. And don't get me started on Texas. Like, they they skirt in this this debate because – they weren't put head-to-head with Florida State. But two teams with a loss, two teams with a loss yeah. were put ahead of Florida well, State. Well, they, they wanted to get Texas in for sure. All and Texas did was what UCF did to Oklahoma State. Right. So what? Yeah, well, or South Alabama did. 33-7? Yeah, Is South Alabama beat Oklahoma State 33-7, to yeah. Um, so what? Yeah. Florida State was both better and more deserving. Both, both. Yeah, but I they weren't the, in the SEC. I, the, the language to use there is, again, we don't know, and so you can't presume. Meaning the committee cannot presume that. 
We don't My know. point is, I can make just as compelling a case that they are better than you can, that Alabama or Texas is better. Right. And so, what's the tiebreaker? To the right of the dash, zero versus one. Well. But not for them. While we're doing this, while we're talking about the fact that the games don't matter, then I could make a compelling argument that I understand Oregon has two losses. And they just lost a game in which they were favored by nine and a half to ten points because the eye test told everybody Oregon was better than Washington. But then they played the game. And Washington not only won, but won again. That said, Oregon has two losses to the same team. So I can't argue that they're better than Washington, but I can argue that they're better than Alabama or Florida State or Michigan. I can argue while we're doing it. I can make that argument all day long. So the participation in that part of the slight, big as it was yesterday, I don't think LeBron and Jim Gray have anything on what just happened to Florida State. The city of Cleveland, I don't think they have anything (laughs) on what just happened to Florida State yesterday unfortunately turns the attention away from what was one of the most inspiring games I've ever seen by one side of the football. Yeah, the defense it was, was insane. remarkable. It was beautiful to watch. It was dominant in a way that I, like you just like you just said, in this era of college football, against an offense that had averaged over 30 points north of six yards of play, like, this just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Especially when you're on the field for as much as we were because our offense wasn't moving the ball. At some point, you're going to run out of gas, except we didn't. We got stronger and stronger as the game went along. That is, that's an all-time performance that should never be forgotten. It should be the lead today, but it isn't because of people in a committee room in Dallas. So what you have happen is, while you're frustrated, and I am too, it is, um, it's hard not to be. It's hard not to feel an ache, right, an anger. Uh, this is a group of fans that certainly feel very wounded, um, betrayed, as I said at the outset. But I don't like to wallow in self-pity, and I don't like to wallow in uh, the absurd, and I don't suffer fools. And so one of the things that you begin to do is turn the page pretty quickly, and that is how do we counteract that because we're not going to fold up and stop playing football. We'll keep winning football games, beating the SEC, doing the things that Florida State has always done. You've got the choice right now as a fan out there, and many are choosing to say this is enough, this is too far. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I understand where you're coming from. I'm choosing the other path, but if this is where the end of the line is for you in, in college football, I understand you. I get it, but I'm not going to go that direction that you're going. Right. And so what now? Now what? Yeah. And so I think that from a fundraising standpoint, from beginning to really uh, put together the resources necessary to begin to work hard on mapping out a plan to get Florida State out of a, a walking dead conference. I mean, the conference, to use a phrase that you've talked about before, is dead before they already before they know it. The conference, the death nail was just delivered. It was just delivered. I'll tell you something. When, the, when March Madness ends and the NCAA basketball champion is crowned, you're on the clock. The ACC is on the clock because it's not just Florida State. When a program like Florida State does what they did, and we watch the injustice play out as we did, it sends a resounding message to the other teams who seek to play big boy football and want to eat from the same money trough. Those teams now know they have to leave. If it can be, if it can be Florida State that gets screwed, I assure you, it can be Clemson or Miami if they are ever good again, North Carolina or Virginia. It doesn't matter. Any of them, they just told you you don't matter. You're always going to be a second-class citizen in the eyes of the committee, and that's true of a 12-team playoff. Now, 
at 13 and 0, Florida State would have got it into a 12 team playoff. At, 13, at 12 and 1, they would have got into a, 13, a 12 team playoff. But the point is, anything that's in the margin, you're going to get left out. If they can put a Big Ten or an SEC team in, they're going to. So when we start battling for that 12th spot, 11th spot, 10th spot, 9th spot, and we're not real sure how it's going to go, well, I can tell you how it's going to go. The team that serves the corporate interest of Fox and ESPN that gives you the highest ratings is going to get put in. It ain't going to be the, SEC, uh, the ACC team. It's going to be somebody from those two conferences. So we'll have a 12-team playoff that features 9 or 10 Big Ten and SEC schools. And you better be there. You have got to find a way to end up going there. And I, I talked about, you know, well, what happens next? I'll tell you what happens next. You better run into the arms of those that have a financial interest and are making the decisions about your future. You've got to go to a place that you loathe. Sucks. They're not going to stop playing football. It's the economic driver. They've got to find a way to be part of the SEC or the Big Ten because they're the only two conferences that matter. Washington is in the Big Ten next year. Or is it next year? Year after? Next year. Next year. Texas is in the SEC. They service their future brothers in arms. And the other two spots as well. So you know where we're at here. I mean, how do we not call into question that Michigan played a two-game schedule? I mean, maybe not quite a two-game schedule. No, quite literally, we as Florida State fans were hoping that we would be lined up with Michigan, who's now the number one team, quote-unquote, in the country, because of the chance to win. You know, And for a brief period of time, after Washington had scored the upset as a two-score dog, better team? <laughs> I mean, right? Best team over Oregon? If you want to go by Vegas lines, Washington should have never gotten the chance to play Oregon a second time because Oregon is a nearly a 10-point favorite at kickoff. But we were looking for about a day at either facing Washington or Michigan, and we were salivating at the opportunity to do both. You know, I think it's interesting. I'm surprised the committee, if they were really dotting their I's and crossing their T's, they had no interest, I guess, in trying to make it look plausible. But if they were, if they were going to follow their own logic, if they had committed to their logic, there's no chance you would have ranked Florida State fifth. You could not have ranked Florida State fifth if you were committed to this line of logic. You would have needed to put them at seventh or eighth. Georgia would have been ranked ahead of Florida State if the committee followed its logic. They told you already they were going to put you – Whether if Bama had lost, it wouldn't have mattered that Georgia would have gone in, rightfully so. Obviously, they'd have been undefeated an SEC champion. But they were going to put Texas above you, clearly. They just did. They just did. They were going to put them there ahead of you because of a win against Oklahoma State, who you rightfully pointed out, got housed by UCF in South Alabama. Did that do it for you? <laughs> well, that's it. Now I know. Texas is unbeatable. Look at them kicking this Oklahoma State team's ass. I wasn't going to put them in, Bob, but, I mean, are you watching the game? So, you you at least have – 100% clarity. I don't like when I'm in limbo in life in general. I hate the not knowing. We lose sleep over the gray area. You know, when we're debating decisions, thinking about things to do, steps to take, jobs, you name it, relationships, we want to decrease the amount of uncertainties because they cause a lot of angst. 
not everything is black and white. Most things are not. Most things are in the gray area, and that's why we live lives that are filled with stress because we're trying to figure out what's best, and there's no perfect answer a lot of times. This gives you the clarity of what you seek. This makes it 100% obvious what has to happen next. And to me, to stay involved in it, it's as easy as looking into those kids' eyes on Saturday night. This is an era of college football where you can be paid to play in college. Some thought that you know, in and of itself is sacrilege before the committee rendered the decision that they did. But I look at this team. We were there for all of camp, both mm-hmm. of them this year. You see their habits. You see the culture. You see the way they respond, not only to adversity, but the way they respond to the everyday the nondescript Wednesday practice of North Alabama week and that they go to work the same way they do if it's Miami week, the same way they did for LSU week. You see those habits and how much they care to be a Seminole. It matters to them. Yeah, they're paid now, but it matters to them to be a Florida State Seminole. All of those kids. You don't think Braden Fisk in one year is fired up and is going to say he's a Seminole for life? What a night, huh? I choose to stay involved and to double down for what I saw on Saturday. It's the choice you can make. If you don't, I get it. I understand you. The logic is sound. But I'm going to choose to honor what the hell I just saw on Saturday. And so it's the next step. Now how do you get out of the conference? That's that's number one. Then when you get out of the conference, how do you climb and ascend to the power two? And then when it's time and we're in these big games again and we destroy the competition again, we all realize that in this moment right here, we made a choice to double down, and it was the right choice to make. Yeah, in the in the in the wake of watching uh, a committee and the credibility of said committee, uh, and the whole process erode confidence uh, in everybody who cares about what's fair in college football, you don't have a choice but to then make real hard decisions, and you have to start mapping out the direction that leads you to to avoid these kinds of circumstances in the future. We'll never forget it. We'll also remember this team fondly. I mean, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of my thought process, as the kids say today, my bandwidth. On uh, is that what they say? Uh, you hear people, oh, my bandwidth, too much. Uh, but I would, I, when I think back on this season and this team, I'm going to think about how enjoyable they were to watch. I'm going to think about the 13 and 0 season. I'm going to think about the return to greatness. I'm going to think about the wins. I'm going to think about the conference championship, which I hope is our last. Outside of, I guess, next year, where we have to be in this conference one more year no matter what. So, I mean, this is it. Like, this is one of your last conference championships uh, in the ACC because we're not going to be here. Yeah, that's the thing that the committee did yesterday was they ensured that 2023 is going to be a beloved season. This team well, is going to be a beloved be. team. It was but already I mean, going to be. On a different level. Yeah. This, is, this now goes to a different place. Somebody said it to me yesterday on social that this reminds them of the feeling that they had during the pandemic when the 2020 team was not able to see it through and to see how far they could go and what hell they could raise and what hell they would have raised in March Madness because they were ticketed for Tampa for that first weekend. We all expected that they're at minimum in the Sweet 16 and probably more than likely in the Final Four and competing for a national championship, but we'll never know because a global pandemic got in the way. In this case, corporate lobbyism got in the way, not a global pandemic, but the feeling is very similar, that you don't get to see them finish the job but this team is now forever a 13-0 and football team that is going to be beloved because I, like you, believe that when they take the field on December 30th in Miami, most of the players we watched on Saturday night will not be in uniform and will not be on the field. And that sucks. I understand their decision, 
But I think we just saw the last of the 2023 Florida State Seminoles on Saturday night, and we didn't know it as it was happening. I do like that, and I, I know we got a break. I do like that, at least in a sense, the kind of decision that was made this year uh, is fundamentally different next year. Uh, and, and, and again, it's hard to kind of wrap your arms around and embrace uh, college football right now after what we've just seen. But what I mean by that is a committee making a decision – uh, believing that they are choosing a team that could win uh, a game against uh, Michigan or, or Texas or Washington. like they In their minds, that's the better game. It gets higher ratings. That's the bigger brand. This is their servicing the SEC the way they need to. So they were able to do that, right? Partly because the format changes next year, and so they're not setting precedent because they don't have to abide by this now. They don't have to use this decision into the future because it won't matter. So they took the opportunity when they had it to screw us, and they did it. I didn't think they would, but they did it. They proved beyond a reasonable doubt that they were willing to do it. I like that next year, if you're having a debate, um, you're having a debate about the 12th ranked or 13th or 14th ranked teams instead of, um, an undefeated conference champion, Power Five conference champion. There, there's no question what's going to happen to those teams. Well, don't go 12 and one and losing your conference championship game, Florida State, because <laughs> they'll put in a four-loss LSU above you at 12. <laughs> That's what's coming. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I used them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season. You're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factor's America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me and two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Thanks for joining us. Good Monday to you. I hope you're hanging in there. I know a lot of fans uh, hurting today, hurting really bad yesterday. That was a long drive back from Charlotte to think about, contemplate uh, all that we saw uh, and, and, and watch transpire. And uh, 
you know, I, I like to think I'm fairly level-headed. Uh, obviously, as I say frequently on the show, nobody's completely objective. Uh, they're all we're all from somewhere, some region of the country. We all went to school somewhere. We all have our own baked-in biases. We know that. Hopefully, you know that about yourself. But you effort to try to be as open-minded and fair-minded as possible. You try to be as objective as you possibly can. And I was kind of in my head rattling around all these different thoughts about <clears throat> what just transpired, what just took place, and the frustration just grew and grew and grew. And ultimately, you know, one of the things that I kept coming back to more than anything else is how bad I felt for the football players, the the, the actual players. Like, I want to make it abundantly clear here today that no matter the, the, the anger and the rage and the vitriol that we all feel, certainly nobody feels more disappointment and devastation than those football players who are the ones we're talking about having sacrificed and done everything they possibly could to put themselves in a position to compete for the game's ultimate prize and to have it taken away uh, with this idea that a committee thinking that uh, a better game would feature this team or that team as opposed to the results on the field that were taken away, uh, that is, that's hard to stomach. I feel bad for Coach Norvell and his coaches. Uh, I do agree with Athletic Director Michael Alford, who I thought his statement was uh, the most spot-on of the bunched. Uh, I was, I think all of us were uh, just absolutely uh, heartbroken when I read Jordan Travis's tweet. Uh, that is a tough tweet to stomach. I thought, really, this is where we're at. This is what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna we're gonna take the players themselves, and, and they're gonna subject them to this kind of corruption. Um, if you didn't see his tweet, he wrote, "Devastated, heartbroken, and so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season." Oh. So you all could see this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results mattered. 13-0, and this roster matches up across any team and those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go Knowles. Needless to say, Jordan Travis ought not apologize about anything, but, man, to see the reaction, you could see it wash over Mike, the, the sadness that he felt, not for himself. I'm sure he's angry as a competitor, but those kids, the team. It's the team. And, and and the thing, it really bothers me. This part bothers me. They knew. They knew they were going to F them, and they still had a camera in there. That's not what you do. You knew damn well. You're going to play this made-for-TV drama out to the hilt. You're about to F this team in front of the nation, and you know it? They're sitting there telling you they don't know who the four are. They got the – I, I got to be careful. They had the helmets. Herb Street has the helmets of the four that are in. The first time they go to them, it was already – We've known for years. Remember they made that mistake years ago on the bottom line? The first year, uh, yes. There was a Tuesday night release of the rankings or a Wednesday night, and 6 o'clock Sports Center had the new rankings correct, one through four. 6 o'clock Sports Center, an hour before the show started, oh, Reese Davis swore up and down. That, that they don't a, know. That they find out as the committee reveals it. Yes, we've got the best people in the business in the TV truck because they're they're getting the information as we speak. They're building the graphics on the fly. So no, they're not, Reese. They yeah. already know the information. They have the graphics. You know how we know? We just saw them. Yeah. At the 6 o'clock Sports Center. Yeah. Well, they know. So, you're talking about an intentional... You know, it's – don't do that, man. Don't do that. It's one thing. Oh, they did it. Again, again, fine, fine. You you want your SEC overlords in. You want those that you have a financial interest in. I got it. How about the program that cheated? Forgot about that, didn't we? Doesn't matter, Tom. Clearly, they just told you it doesn't Suspended matter. Suspended twice in a season twice for different levels of cheating. Season. Number one in the country. Well, they only have two good wins. Number one in the country. 
beyond reproach in terms of the rankings. Beyond reproach, not even in the conversation. Yeah, this is the quote from Alford that I really thought nailed it. The consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. The argument of whether a team is the most deserving or best is a false equivalence. It renders the season up to yesterday irrelevant and significantly significantly damages the legitimacy of the college football playoff. The committee failed college football today. Yeah, it did. It did. And and Mike had a statement as well, obviously. And uh, his statement was that, um, and I and I felt for him as well. Quote: I am disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing games? Do you tell players it is okay to quit if somebody goes down? Do you not play a senior on senior day for fear that he might get hurt? Where is the motivation to schedule challenging non-conference games? We're not only an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, but we also played two Power 5 non-conference games away from home and won them both. I don't understand how we are supposed to think this is an acceptable way to evaluate a team. What happened today goes against everything that is true and right in college football. Jim Phillips weighed in afterwards and said it's unfathomable. So did the president, and that was meek too. Yeah, uh, Jim, you needed to be uh, front and center, my man. They're parading out the SEC commissioner on game day for him to grandstand. It's a 90-minute infomercial for my man. You saw the talking heads begin the discussion three weeks ago, buddy. It's in the cards. you got to get out in front. Well, as you know, Jimmy Pataro and Burke Mangus are trusted friends of the ACC. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to that level to speak out against Burke Mangus and Jimmy Pataro, who are in my cell phone. I have them in my contacts right here, as you can see. In fact, I starred them because they're my favorite, just like ESPN's my favorite. And they are our partners, too. They are our corporate partners as well. Yes, they are. The bottom of their boot is. My favorite part is uh, hearkening back to the start of the season as he sought his new television partner. Not in attendance. The CW's Dennis Miller. Dennis? Dennis? He's not here. 